0: listening to sci-fi tv rewatch episode 341 my name's dave and i'm joined as always by my co-host wayne as we discuss season two episode two of the youtube science fiction series impulse and you had a busy weekend again as usual but uh, today's president's day so you didn't have to work i didn't didn't have to drive though my kids had to go to school though oh yeah baltimore
1: county (laughs) Uh, didn't plan any snow days at all into the schedule this year. So when we had one snow day, uh, they had to take away a day. So they took away President's Day. Okay.
0: Well, they made a good call, it looks like, because I'm not sure we're going to get any more snow days unless we get them in the middle of March. Yeah, it definitely
1: doesn't look like it.
0: So at, at so, this point, you don't really want them, you know. At this yeah. point, we can
1: you can start to slightly smell the end of the year a little bit, you know, it's just yeah. like, so... Yeah.
0: Hey, you know, uh, we talked about lists uh, a few weeks back, you know, for instance, when we finish Impulse, uh, you know, we'll still have a few months to go before Dark comes back. And, you know, wh- whether we actually do that or not remains to be seen. But, uh, you know, I-, I was chatting with Luke Parker today. And, and uh, you know, I don't know, I think we've mentioned Luke to you guys before. Luke was a student of mine. Was he a student of yours? No, I that Todd is
1: his twin brother.
0: Okay, I and I know you know Luke, but Luke yeah. is a uh, budding movie reviewer and he really is uh, far wiser than his age would indicate. Uh, he's a very good writer, very astute uh, when it comes to analyzing movies and he's been trying to, you know, get work with different websites writing movie reviews and he had an aborted attempt at a podcast uh, about a year or so ago with uh, a girl, I forget her name, but uh, you know she went to school with us. Lasted two episodes, and, and they were really good, but I think the, the reality of what it takes to actually do a podcast really hit home for them. But he works in a movie theater, and he's got a guy that he works with long story short they both love movies they both love talking movies so they started a podcast and you know they're about 4 episodes in and and it's it's going real well but the reason i bring it up is because you know whenever luke messages me something and i get the opportunity to throw some obscure television or movie quote at him <laughs> i I take that opportunity to so today i don't even remember what he said but my response was so say we all and of course he didn't get the reference and i you know shot him a youtube clip of the uh, four minute speech by commander adama but it got me to thinking (laughs) it's taking me about 10 minutes here uh, if we go down that route where we make talk about lists maybe some really iconic lines that that is a great idea man have said in different shows so uh you know we'll have to put that in the old uh, storage bin and and maybe come back to it someday yeah maybe in like eight weeks yeah could be (laughs) could be so all right well why don't we get to our segment about what we're watching or you know what we recommend you want to go first this time sure so last week
1: I had said how I was back and rewatching season 1 of Lost in Space and I actually just finished season 2 and it was really really good and I, you know I was thinking about what you had said because that actually um I believe even our feedback um comes up with the same idea that people tend to think oh well they you know it's just one crisis after another after another and it's just like how many crazy things are they need to come up with how many how much adversity does this one family have to face and then i really thought about it. i'm like well it is called lost in space you know like space is not a very forgiving place to be lost in and you can imagine that if you were lost in space that you would undergo quite a bit of adversity you know um so I don't know. I <laughs> thought just struck me as an well, answer. Well, that's a
0: difficult yeah. argument to counter. I will say that. Yeah, yeah.
1: But, um, and also, I, as I, I said last week, you know, like, obviously, the um, original TV show was just, every week was a different crisis and everything, and that they were, f- faced some deadly peril, and so, um, but, you know, just the, if, if nothing else, because, I mean, granted, there are, there are even some times, even for me, I'm like, wait, when did that happen? Or wait, what's... Going on, you know, like they make some kind of plot jumps here and there that are a little bit too jumpy. You know, like they they they, they go a little. T- I'm not saying they're jumping sharks. I'm just saying that sometimes the 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 plot tends to seem to get ahead of itself a little bit. I guess would be a nice way to say it. But just watching this show and like the the photography and the special effects and everything, it's just really, really, really astounding for. Uh, I mean, every now and then I tend to think like if I could grab myself from the 80s and stick myself from then in front of a television and say, hey, here's what a TV show looks like. I'd be like, what? You know, just completely blown away. So um, so Lost in Space Season 2, really good. Liked it. On to catching up on Altered Carbon in preparation for s- Series 2 of that coming up soon. Um, the next thing I just want to mention really quick—I'm not going to talk about this—but just I know i mentioned the podcast "Broken Record" before, and if uh, Malcolm Gladwell does this, and with Rick Rubin, and there's another guy. I'm sorry, other dude—I always forget your name—but um, the most recent one, which I, I, I think it was just this past week, is they interviewed uh, Robbie Robertson of the band. Oh, nice! It was awesome, Dave. You definitely—you got if you—I I know I told you about the Flea one you probably haven't listened to that uh, and it the flea one was amazing but Robbie Robertson it was it was so good it was i mean and i'm not even necessarily a huge fan of the band but you know just i mean I, the the show is so awesome because these musicians have just like to hear them talk through their creative process and how things happen it's really outstanding and the the place where Rick Rubin, his studio is Shangri-La, which is the place that Robbie Robertson had actually built back in the day. So yeah. it was really cool.
0: Well, you so- know what? Um, I- I'm going to head off some of you guys out in listener land. Okay, Boomer. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the band either. But, dude, was there a better time to grow up listening to music and you know just that – era of the yeah. mid to late 60s through the mid 70s and, yeah. and it's tough er- to argue very with that. early 80s very difficult what's that
1: to argue. It's very difficult to argue with that statement
0: yeah you know. but uh i'm sure somebody's going okay boomer right uh, But I anyway
1: mean, just hey just listen, listen to your music and tell me how much of this is influence how much do they sample
0: bands from that era you know okay all right. Anyway, now mine this time is kind of a combo tip of the week, what we're watching. And interestingly enough, you mentioned Lost in Space. And I'm continuing to work my way through season two. And I'm definitely going to finish the season, unlike Stranger Things, which oh, I just, Dave, Dave, I'm, I'm Dave. done with that. But unless something monumental occurs, I'm not sure if I'm coming back for season three. We'll say, because I like the characters. I, I you know, it's just everybody's likable except dr smith and i know they're not going to kill her off so she's going to probably be around for season three and i say that i don't have any foreknowledge i'm just assuming they're not going to kill right. her off because well have you finished season two no, no no that's what i'm saying i'm still oh, working my way okay. through right um the other thing i wanted to mention is that i'm all caught up on season five of the magicians and season five is freaking amazing Uh, you mentioned altered carbon and it returns on netflix for season two february 27th so guys if you need to get caught up i need to but i probably won't find the time but dude i can't wait yeah outlander returned on stars february 16th for its fifth season and the premiere was again freaking amazing so uh Anyway, a lot of stuff out there. You guys are going to have to probably come up with, like, your Google Calendar. And yeah. <laughs> well, and then gonna... Hunters is coming out, like, soon, like, yeah, in a couple of days. Yeah, I heard about that. I, I, yeah. Intriguing. It, it looks
1: so. really, really good.
0: All right. Well, why don't we talk some Impulse, Season 2, Episode 2, Fighter Flight, written by John McCutcheon, who wrote 104 Vita Moore, and I went back and looked. We both really liked that episode, so it's not okay. one of those <laughs> cases. I forget the dude's name. Uh, this was directed by Marzi Almas, who directed the season one finale, New Beginnings. So, you yeah, know, eh. we're in pretty good shape. Well, I liked it. No, I liked I, it, I know too. you didn't, and I know... No, Fred I did. Was, Remember, we,
1: we, you talked me into it.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of little mini threads going on in this episode, and I, I want to go and start with Halche who continues to try to put the pieces together and there's some great scenes with Halche not the least of which is when she confronts the former sheriff's wife dude how cool was yeah. that scene
1: yeah i love it well, because you know like if, you know, Fisher is kind of always counseling her like don't make waves just go along with the flow don't try to upset things and uh, and she's like, you know, you, you can tell she, she did listen to his advice, but then
0: uh, rejected it. Yeah. I, I mean, how much nerve does it take to expect them to hang this plaque, knowing full well what your husband was into? Right. And then she threatens Anna, you know, federal agents would probably be interested in how it is you have such a nice house on a sheriff's salary. Yeah. Just saying. Have a nice day, right? <laughs> I mean,
1: well, I mean, just the the brass on this lady, you know, to be like, well, you know, to threaten Anna, and she's like, uh, you know, your your husband was dealing drugs. He, uh, he was, you know, like, like no, just no, you know, and like so, yeah, good for her because we've been back and forth on her. She's been seeming kind of sketchy at times, and we really had a big thumbs down on you know how she tried to set up Cleo and stuff. Big ups for her on this one.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, we also see her go to interview Clay at his mom's house. And we've talked a number of times about how people are going to react when Clay tells them what he thinks happened, which we know, of course, is actually what happened. I mean, he doesn't know totally. She's the one who hurts people, he tells her, crushed it from the inside. And, Of course, even Halche can't believe this. So, you know, she almost looks at Clay's story and his father's story as almost a metaphor that this 16-year-old girl hurt the big athlete. So I I don't know what she's going to take with the information that she has. But, you know, she's not finished investigating. And, you know, she does talk to Henry and and. You know, it's we see her cleaning their house because she doesn't want these two young girls to come home to a crime scene filled with blood. So there is that aspect of her. On the other hand, I'm really struggling with your story, to be honest. She tells Henry. And again, that's understandable. And she, she certainly believes that she did something to Clay. What it is she's pretty far away from the truth because you got the truck. Although we do find out in this episode, eh, she doesn't have the truck anymore. Does she? No. no. So, so, you know, Nikolai has removed a piece of evidence. And, and I think when we look at it from a couple of angles, not only does he appear to use it as part of his training with Henry and getting her to get over her, her emotional reactions to the truck, but also it doesn't leave a trail for Hulche and whoever to right. investigate. So... But even uh, if they... I,
1: would, I mean, like, what physical... Like, I mean, obviously there's evidence that she was in the truck, but other than that, for her to... Like, like Clay's story is just too beyond belief, right? For for Anna to even countenance it.
0: Right. I mean, it's not like this sheriff's department is going to have the finances to call in the physics department at the university of whatever to come and examine the vehicle and determine what exactly happened. Well, we can tell by the, you know, the expansion of the metal that no, none of that's going to (laughs) happen. So this has got to die down. I mean, it's just too, too unbelievable. But speaking of unbelievable, what an awesome opening scene. I mean, did anybody expect Lucas to survive that scene? I mean, I sure didn't.
1: Obviously you go one in two ways. Either he, he, they kill him or they don't. Right. Um, and it seems like a big setup to just have him get shot. Right. Um, well, that's true. Like it's almost too obvious to go that way. You know, And this show kind of tends to zig when you expect them to zag. Um, but you know, I, one big thing is just like okay, this is Canada in the winter. There's uh, not. I know where you're going with this. Effing chance in hell <laughs> he's going to be able to dig a hole. They can't. They, they can't even dig holes with machinery at that time of year. You know, so there's absolutely no way that that's going to happen. I'll let it go though. It's just a slight nitpick, but let's move on. Um, but you get what what's happening here is Esther is making him go through a uh, a trial of penance you know and that is probably a more gangster
0: move than shooting him well that's true and it does have though this biblical connotation to it maybe because of who she is the fact that she's still holding her son's bible that lucas returned to her but yeah it, very gangster, having him dig his own grave. And as it turns out, the the act of doing that seems to be part of the punishment. Although, as she says later, uh, you know, you living with yourself is going to be the punishment. Right. And, you know, seeing what we know of Lucas, that's going to be difficult because he does seem to be the sensitive boon. Mm-hmm. Family member, the other three no, not at all. Uh, the other so, two, maybe. In cl- well, including the mom. She oh, right,
1: right, the mom. Yeah, 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 either. Right, I forgot about Her. Yeah. um And it, it, we we've seen Lucas you're know, reaching out to a number of people, to his mom, to Cleo, and finally he's kind of found that mother figure who can, who knows what he's done, so won't give him the pass, like Cleo would do, right? Like, oh, right? it's okay. No matter what you did, it's fine, right? That's Cleo. Or his mom, who's completely unforgiving and would, wouldn't would have him, uh, now he's found that almost ideal middle ground of someone who knows what he's done is not going to give him a pass for it, but also is going to guide him on to redemption and and not doing it as like, as a drug lord, right? Because yeah. Amos, is it Amos? No, Jeremiah, sorry. Amos was the kid. Uh, you know, Jeremiah, when she she basically says to Jeremiah, you're done, I'm leading the people now because she is like, has genuine, you know, religious conviction here and is not looking to to make money. She's looking to save souls and she
0: started with Lucas. Well, it is. And let's, again, be totally accurate here that she knew full well what was going on within the church and the drug dealing that said she's not wrong when she tells her husband that he was responsible for their son's death and you know you mentioned about the balls on on Anna Halche Esther Miller is so understated in how she goes about exerting this new found power i guess because as as you said she's now the leader of the church sure and you're gonna stay in jail no i'm not gonna let you out and we'll use the money for the good of the people and you know even getting back to that uh you know the scene with lucas at the grave she gives him the gun and at first we think, you know, when one of the guy's hands her the gun that that she's going to put a bullet in his head. Right. But as you said, it's I think in the back of our mind we know that's not going to be the end result here. And right. he she hands the, him the gun because she finally put everything together that he came here because he wanted her to kill him. Nope, not going to do it. Here, you want to do it? There's the gun. Otherwise, we got a lot of work to do, and she she says to him, you know, like I will welcome the relief, but I will
1: not grant you that mercy. It's like if you you kill yourself, I will probably feel better because the person who killed my son will have you know been punished or whatever. But you know, on the other hand, you know, she she recognizes that that's he doesn't that Lucas doesn't really want the easy way out. That he is looking for redemption. He is trying to find a way to pay for what he's done and that he does genuinely regret what he's done and and
0: wants to amend for it yeah so it'll be interesting and Fred brings this up in his feedback it'll be interesting to see how his role within Esther's community plays out because he certainly doesn't want anything from her other than forgiveness so how she's going to let that transpire is certainly something to look forward to now you can see Jen, that not necessarily working out great
1: for the mennonite community you know that, okay. I, I was thinking because I, I did see i don't know if it's the next episode or the one after that um the the picture on youtube is of lucas in like kind of Night clothing so it looks like he is kind of becoming part of the community but i could also see how that in some point Can turn out kind of bad and and that his you know old ways and his old family connections
0: maybe not dying away as quickly as people would think we shall see now jen and towns spend a fair amount of time together and you know we, we learn that cleo has woken and is apparently going to be fine but they go to the house first because She needs to get some clothes for Cleo. You know, somebody gets shot. They probably cut her bloody clothes off her. So uh, she's going to need something to go home from the hospital in. But we talked last time about when Towns finds the package with the VHS tape. Again, how cool is it when he says, well, where's the screen? Where's the screen? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it plugs into the TV, dude. (laughs) <laughs> okay uh i'll figure it out he's he's holding all the wires and oh uh, well he he gets it to work, so we we will say that and and we'll talk about the contents of the tape uh you know in a, in a little bit, but a great reunion with Henry and her mom at the hospital and and yeah. you know we see her i'm not sure if we see it twice certainly at least once where she climbs in bed with her mom, and I'm not sure it's fair to say either needs that more than the other uh, i think they both needed it equally sure but but just what a great scene and it's a nice counterpoint to the introduction of nikolai and and certainly that's you know one of the big aspects of this episode because whether or not he is truly here to mentor her or set her up to take back to evil corp well, but you know, again know
1: yeah, evil coordinates, I like that. Um, he, he could have done that at any time, though. That's the thing. Exactly, right. You know, um, and, and Henry has to realize that, that. I mean, this guy might be bad news, but, like, literally, what is he setting her up for? You know, if, if he wanted to take her to wherever the people he works for, he could have definitely already done that with very little effort involved. Though jumping does obviously have a pretty horrible toll on Nikolai but he doesn't he's he's taking the time to talk to her and guide her and teach her so you know there's he's got to be on the level with that
0: yeah why he's doing that is another question I mean he says I'm here to help you isn't that obvious and yeah it is to the rest of us but again Henry's 16 years old and it hasn't been this long since she's had to cope with all this stuff but the other thing I find interesting when Jenna and Towns are disagreeing about how to help Henry you know Towns is absolutely right when he tells her I understand her better because I know what it's like to be different and it kind of catches Jenna a little bit off guard I mean not that Jenna doesn't know Towns is brilliant just as we know that Jenna is brilliant in her own way as well but I just love how Towns has embraced who he is and he's able to, you know, recognize what his strengths are, what his weaknesses are. And if he recognizes a weakness, he seems to have a way to overcome it or to combat it as as best he can. But there's also a few things that crop up that I know are important. I'm not a huge fan of when they just drop little tidbits. Like he gets that text from Zoe. I love you. Okay. And? Yeah. <laughs> and and he texts her back. But I mean, are we still suspicious of Talon's girlfriend? Oh, absolutely. Okay. 100%.
1: Which then, you know, again, as I said last time, leads me to think, well, she's probably fine. Just because they're so clearly trying to make her out to be fake and 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 working for someone, um, especially with how, as we mentioned last week, everything lines up. Like you know, he, I he was talking to her right, and then the
0: the package arrived. Was that was right. that what was going on? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So now the other thing, when Jenna's watching the tape of her mom on her wedding day. I mean, I mean, I guess it's the fact that they've got the VCR out; the tapes are there. You know, Henry's got this reunion with her mom. It seemed touch and go with Cleo for a while, so maybe it's just that there's no deeper meaning to be gleaned from that scene. But I I think it just gave her a little bit of a respite from all the turmoil that surrounds Henry and everything that's going on with them, because I think sometimes it's easy to lose sight of just how much danger these kids are in. All right. Well, I want to talk about Henry's budding relationship with Nikolai because he's got her in this abandoned, dilapidated church. And, you know, the whole idea of whatever this medicine is that he injects himself with, whether it's, necessary as a byproduct of all the teleporting he does we assume that but we don't know it for sure but he's there to help her control her power tells her you know you're learning and he does recognize that she's getting better i mean when we first were introduced to her it was simply the seizures right and we know that that's always the first stage she could teleport away but goes with him anyway so i i think it's that that feeling that she knows she needs somebody beyond towns and jenna and despite the fact that she doesn't trust him he's all she's got i I mean that's yeah and and she probably as i said before
1: recognizes well this guy really meant to do me harm he's had more than ample opportunity to do me harm in fact, he's just helped me. He's took care of Bill's body. He he uh, helped me get my mom to a hospital. Um, he's diverted suspicion from what actually has occurred. So, you know, like maybe she doesn't trust him per se, but she certainly realizes that you know, well, you know, this guy, if he, if, yeah, like I said, if he wanted to turn me in, he could have done it. If he wanted to do me harm, he could have done it.
0: Right. Instead, he takes her to an outdoor cafe. I assume it's Romania because, as I've said many times, I watch all these shows with closed captioning on, but they were speaking in a foreign language, and I think it may have said Romanian there. Okay. So wherever they are, I, I, it's, it's somewhere far away. And I love her attitude because I think we've all been there. Fine. No, I don't want anything to eat. Mm-hmm. Get whatever you want. I'm not eating. <laughs> and it's like um i want to go home and then she grabs the fork and i'm thinking like what do you think you're going to do with the fork Yeah, stab him i guess but <laughs>
1: yeah already you already did that jenna got him with a knife and it uh, was not effective so uh what do you think a <laughs> do?
0: right but at least now she knows his name because she heard the uh the waitress call him nikolai And that's when the floodgates kind of open and she tells him, I remember you taking my dad. I take a lot of people. What are you looking for? An apology? So, again, this whole, you know, attitude fight that's going on between the two. He's the adult. Let's keep that in mind. But I think he also has a sense that I don't have unlimited time with this girl. If I'm going to help her and save her, she needs to get on board pronto. And whether she hasn't grasped the gravity of the situation yet, I mean, we know she has, but maybe she thinks she has more time than she actually does.
1: Well, yeah, from her point of view, she certainly um, she does. Right like this is all new she has no she has, has really doesn't have a concept of like we said the danger that is out there for her um nikolai does tell her right he's listen the people i work for want what you have and they're coming
0: to, they're going to eventually they're going to come to get it yeah everything you do matters don't you get that he tells her and and i think he tells her that before telling her what you just said and it's almost like she needs this wake-up call that only he can give her right like you gotta grow up
1: and grow up soon like that and like you said like in on season one we knew that there was this larger world out there and that there you know that there was you know this organ- organization that there were people or whatever that that were hunting down people like her And she was blissfully unaware of that, and she still was up until now when Nikolai tells her, listen, listen, kid, you know, here's here's the story, you know, like there's some really bad people, they want what you have, and you have got to,
0: you know, learn how to use it and and get good quick. Yeah, and we'll talk about these people and what we learn about them again in a few minutes, but- I think he senses the fact that she's just determined to be uncooperative. And the next thing you know, they teleport to the trailer park. And my first assumption is that he teleported them there. He says, you brought us yeah, here. She brought, right. And then the question, who else knows what you can do? No one. Well, this is not his first rodeo. So he knows she's yeah. lying. And then he, tells her he'll he'll be back tonight and 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 just leaves her and then that's when we get that later meeting at some kind of an abandoned warehouse and and she finds him sitting in clay 's crushed truck until you conquer your fears I don't think he says conquer your fears, but he, that's what he means until you do you'll keep hurting people, hurting yourself and I think that's the key there hurting herself i mean it, you hate to say that collateral damage is acceptable because at this point that means Jenna and towns. And, and of course, none of us, including Henry would find that acceptable. But again, I think he's looking at it, you know, with the, with the benefit of a lot of wisdom and sure. a lot, a lot of people that he's taken. And,
1: well, and uh, I think you know, he says you want a life here you want to survive this, you listen to me. Like he's if he he suggested that she doesn't have to spend her life running, that she could stay and rest in, Reston, that she could build a life for herself there. Yeah. Right? So yeah. so that I found that very interesting because I just assumed that he's training her up so that she'll learn to live constantly on the run like
0: Dominic. Right? And you wonder though what has changed his perspective because we kind of get the idea that Henry is the first teleporter that he's tried to mentor in this way, because, as you said a few minutes ago, he could have taken her at any point, but he doesn't right. so uh, what has changed well, for him? you know I mean, maybe
1: seeing a guy kill his own son right in front of you rather than let him be taken by the people you work for that maybe that's had an effect on him, you know okay-
0: okay and and i think also and absolutely i think that might even be the foremost game changer for him but also we see how much he needs these injections and i'm so glad that she didn't crush the syringe i i fully expected her to do it even when i'd seen the episode twice before i still was waiting for her to do it i'm like oh <laughs> good you didn't do it right and and she gives it to him and asks him about it, and he says, "Hopefully, you'll never have to find out." So you wonder if this is also combined with what he saw with Dominic and his son—the fact that I'm possibly at the end of my life, I'm dependent on whatever this stuff is I'm injecting. Clearly, he doesn't have free access to it. All right, there are people that dole it out to him. Right. So, uh, you know, whatever it is, it's. You know, it's really caused a life change in him. But then we mentioned the introduction of the shadow organization that's after teleporters. And we still don't have a name. But as you said, he he tells Henry, the people I work for want you and what you can do. And, you know, that's then when we can go to that tape that was sent to towns. And at first it seems to be an innocuous sleep study of a 16 year old dominic baptiste but of course we immediately know what the connection is mm-hmm. that this is young dominic who at this point has only experienced seizures apparently and hey you got your boy back keegan michael key yep
1: so gone but not going gone yeah You'd still get him in vhs
0: yes um so michael pierce who you know, is now dead in in the current timeline is conducting this study. And what really I, I think gets their attention is hearing, you know, the screaming on the tape, Dominic teleports onto his bed and it's clear he doesn't know what's happening. And it's clear to Jenna and towns that he doesn't know what's happening. Right. And then they make the connection that, Oh, is this the other guy? from the youtube teleporting video so you know towns is starting to put the pieces together that okay maybe nikolai is trying to help but of course jenna no we should tell halche nope nikolai's the right call towns thinks and 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 again as i said before when when towns knows he's right he knows he's right and He's just single-mindedly going to go in that direction. You know, I think Jenna at this point, I think, realizes that Nikolai can take Henry whenever he wants. So, okay, maybe you're right, Towns. We then get to the final scene. And and this is, I mean, I think I know, again, as many times as I've seen it, and even having seen the rest of season two, I mean, we do get more clarity, but uh, Nikolai gets a call from the woman who wants to know about the girl, uh, obviously, Henry. And, you know, at first I thought they were on some kind of high school football field, but I think what it is, it's an automobile racetrack uh, where they're conducting this experiment or test run, as I think she says. Uh, it looks to me like it's an experiment to see whether a teleporter can teleport not only himself, but the structure in, what, in which he finds himself. Is that how you read it? Uh, I I wasn't
1: really sure what I, I was just completely like I I'm not really sure what they're they're doing. It it's something very sketchy though and obviously the teleporter ends up as part of the house, so maybe yeah, that's what he was trying to do.
0: And you certainly will get an idea of the scope of this operation because there are dozens of technicians out there. There is a mm-hmm. boatload of high-end scientific equipment. I have no clue what any of it does, but but this is a well found uh well funded organization for sure. Right. Well we said before, you know, they have cubicles and offices and stuff. Sure. So this obviously if you if you get the level where you have cubicles, you've got a lot of people in your organization. Yep. Now after the experiment runs and it's apparently not a total failure, but it's not a total success either. They go over to, I don't know if it's a small shipping container or whatever it is, but she finds that the subject's dead and is also melded into the metal structure. And while we feel for the guy, I think we're more interested in knowing who she is. Sure. Clearly, she's above Nikolai. So whether there's somebody above her, that would seem likely. But, uh, I mean, I guess you never know.
1: I mean, they talk about her father. Right.
0: Right. Right. But we also learned that this guy was the best teleporter we had. So again, put two and two together, is Henry next in line for yeah, the experiment? Like right? Yeah, it would certainly certainly seem that way. So um might make Nikolai feel kind of bad about himself though, you know, like he's like what about me? Well pretty i think a good teleporter. Well, you know, we also get the <laughs> sense that he knows this woman on the other end of the phone and probably doesn't want to be anywhere near her now whether she has teleporting ability or not we don't know at at this point she's running the experiments and is short one teleporter it would seem so so we will see all right anything else you want to mention before we get to the feedback a couple things. Uh, first of all, Clio
1: doesn't have health insurance. And I thought that wasn't a thing after the Obamacare.
0: Oh, you can pay the $90 but, fine, right?
1: Well, I, I guess. I, think, I don't know.
0: I think that's what it was, like a $90 <laughs> yeah. nick on your taxes or something. Okay.
1: All right, well, there goes that one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, number two, the the, the scene where... Um, henry tases nikolai and they jump like all over the place yeah like that was super cool
0: that was and and i was trying to figure out is there any meaning to where they're going and where they end up and you know maybe
1: i'm I'm sure there is if i you know had gone back and watched it again but i didn't so
0: i don't know well, The Hunting Store is is something we didn't mention, which is, uh, oh, again, Fred yeah. brings it up in his feedback, but that was an awesome scene. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll leave that for Fred's feedback.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, that was only in America. Yeah. Right? Could, <laughs> yeah. Could, you ever see, could you have a scene like that? Yeah. So,
0: um, yeah, I think that might be it. Okay. All right, well, we got some feedback from Richard in Lexington this week. So uh, before we listen to Fred, let's listen to Richard's email. And he says, several weeks ago, I noticed you guys were reviewing the show Impulse, so decided to give it a try. I was excited about the idea. I mean, who needs another teenage female angsty antihero? Move over Buffy, Supergirl, Kenzie. To make this story short and Three days later, I'd finished viewing both seasons of Impulse and was busy trying to talk my wife out of divorcing me and boss out of firing me, both for desertion of duty. Therefore, the topic of this email is addiction to a TV series. Okay, we've all been there for sure. Sure. The show Impulse is obviously well-crafted to catch me so strongly. It's well-written, unexpected twists, unusual characterization, and suddenly riveting actions. It's well acted and staged, yet it was not obviously ending each episode with hooks or cliffhangers. Once I finished all two seasons and slowly came back to sanity, I can see that show, although good was not great. The plot does not haunt me. I easily moved on to other things. I don't miss the characters like I still do the crew of the Serenity. So why was I captured? Uh. Now, I I guess I would say I agree with uh, Richard when you say it's good but not great and, and again i think wayne and i have have been pretty clear that you know it's kind of an a minus b plus show on a consistent basis and right. i think you know a great show would be an a consistently and i don't think either of us would argue about firefly for sure
1: yeah there's, there's no comparison you, you can't and i I, I really try to compare any shows to Firefly because that obviously is the gold standard. Right, um, that is Im- impossible to to replicate. So, right. um but yeah, I one hundred percent agree with Richard here that that yeah, pretty good, not great. I I'm not like I point to the fact that I haven't watched all of season two yet. You know, like if I was really really grabbed by this show, I I definitely. Would have binged the whole thing,
0: right? And I the guess for me, what I would say once we get to the season two finale, yeah, I am haunted by that ending, and I, I do. That's a, that's a long way to get though to, to, for that to happen. That's twenty
1: episodes, so. like there's no one's going to put in twenty episodes. All
0: like, right. So Richard goes on that context is important. If it wasn't the middle of a dreary February or that I should be working on my taxes, I probably would not have been so willing to be captured by this show. The show suspenseful fast paced. I don't know the right technical term, but the scripts are written so that some characters usually in deadly peril or cornered psychologically. There's little rest, very few small problems. The writers need to keep producing new situations, new dangers, new anxieties. Well, in small problems. I mean, Henry couldn't find weed for a while at the party last week. So that was, that was devastating. Yeah. Uh, This is hard enough in an espionage genre, but in science fiction series, they need to weave in exciting visuals, gadgets, and ideas without violating the suspension of disbelief. So far, Impulse has done a good job, probably by keeping the sci-fi elements limited to a few powers used sparingly. These shows capture me because their reality is so much more exciting, vivid, and condensed than my reality. And, And I guess what I would say, Richard... I, again, I agree with everything you're saying about the production of it. And I, I guess we have to understand that most of the shows that we all love have relatively low budgets. So, you know, I, th- I think what they do with her teleporting is probably and here's where we need Michael, who's the, the visual expert. I, I would say those are relatively easy to do and relatively inexpensive in terms of you know
1: the the you just stop the camera (laughs) right and then the next scene you film the same room with everyone else standing in the same place except without the actress right she's Uh, just
0: disappeared right now he says i look forward to your views of what makes a series highly addictive okay we'll we'll table that one for now that's again I, i like that i think we should come back to that here are a few general comments on impulse without any spoilers I think a founding premise of the show is to create characters that are deep, flawed, and self-contradictory. We see assassins who are sometimes mentors, murderers with religious consciences, friends who walk away, and a protagonist who refuses to be a hero and is self-destructive. The use of flashbacks to give us backstories is effective in complicating our opinions on characters. My problem is that I cannot see how this can lead anywhere but to tragedy. In the original sense where the protagonist's flaws lead to her downfall but we shall see and i guess so much of that depends on how long nikolai can stay alive because he at this point seems to be the key to henry's survival but as richard says we shall see i'll end with a few what i am watching items one of you's reviewed the show Raising Dion on another podcast. Now, that would be me. That'd and be you. And, yeah. and actually, uh, full disclosure, um, I didn't actually see any of the Raising Dion. Michael kind of fed me enough information that I could sound <laughs> like I knew what was going on. And, nice. And we, we've both done that from time to time when we just get backlogged. But I, I know Michael loves Raising Dion. Uh, Richard says, I was drawn to the show with its unusual premise – What would raising a six-year-old child with superpowers actually be like? This is another show that caught me hard and was consumed addictively. Fortunately, there's only one season so far, so I was able to conceal my addiction and continue appearing high functional. I also watched the second season of Lost in Space. I'd enjoyed the first season, thought it decent science fiction about trying to survive on an alien planet. Yeah, because that's hard, or so I've been told
1: again lost in space
0: yeah. a great improvement <laughs> over the 60s original show but then in the very last five minutes a fortuitous wormhole shows up to set up season two well yeah i mean yeah okay. it's that kind but, of deus ex machina that breaks my suspension of disbelief and reminds me that i'm viewing a commercial product in which weary writers are struggling to create enough seasons to qualify for syndication I enjoyed watching the second season, but was always aware of the writers busily creating new dangerous situations in order to continue the show. Unlike the show Impulse, the writers have to juggle too many plot elements, a score of people, multiple robots, spaceships, and destructive fungi. Sometimes it just feels too contrived. I enjoy your show and keep up the good work. Um, Richard, thank you so much for taking the time to send in the feedback. Tons of great stuff, and I promise we will get back to your your question about what makes a series highly addictive because I, I think that's something that I, I need a few minutes to really well, put some thought it, into. I just,
1: one thing as you're reading, it, I thought it was just like not necessarily I haven't answered that question, but that is exactly what almost all TV shows now really look for, right? They look for that, that addictiveness, that binge element that you'll especially with you know with Netflix the idea they want you not just to watch they don't want you watching a show one show a week they want you to sit down and watch the whole thing in one night and many shows do that successfully like for example dark but there's also tons of shows that just really it's 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 even worse when you can see they're trying to to do that they're trying to come up with something that is addictive and it's going to make you want to binge it. But they're just failing and it's, it makes it even worse.
0: And then uh, the thing about Lost in Space being a bit contrived and, uh, you know, I, it is what it is. I mean, I'm watching a show with my wife that I've mentioned before, Cable Girls. And, you know, they're all over the globe and it takes them like five minutes to run into each other right it is what it well, is
1: and, well and if anyone was a fan of 24 which was the absolute most contrived show ever created i, I think but it was awesome you know you, you i loved it you know every week it was it was just you came back every week you knew it was crazy and that they were just coming up with some new crazy thing to happen he was going to do something new and crazy but it was still it was great so i I mean, absolutely, I think there's stuff, as I said before, on Lost in Space uh, that, you know, I, cont- I don't know if I'd use the word contrived. I, I get I get where he's coming from there. I just think that what the good stuff that Lost in Space does really far outweighs that stuff that, and, and as I said at the beginning of the podcast, there are th- things in there that, that pull you out and make you realize, oh, I'm, I'm watching this show, you know? Yeah. But I think also there's a lot that they do. That really engrosses me and, and uh, keeps me
0: enthralled, so. All right, sounds good. Uh, you want to move on to Fred? Sure. All
2: right, well, let's hear what Fred says this week. Hello, Dave and Wayne and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Impulse Season 2, Episode 2. Okay, first off, I want to come back to last week's podcast as usual. I want to thank you for explaining the cleaning of the Hope's house, because I was wondering, what is Anna Hulche doing there, cleaning the windows? And indeed, as you discussed, she is probably just helping the Hope family. And, well, a police officer is not a part of a cleaning company. Uh, But then she finds this drop of blood, which was a little unclear that it was blood, due to my very dark screenshot... Nice inside joke Wayne. But I thought there was a cleaning company having done their job and because of that this card was hanging there on a clip on the wall. But of course I didn't think straight because the two guys that also recovered Nikolai Came there to clean. And indeed, probably they did clean everything that had to do with Bill Boone, but they left everything that had to do with Cleo's injuries. But possibly they forgot something. And because it's filmed so close up, it's almost certain it will get some significance later on. And I think i will do something with it. I liked this episode a lot, and even so much that I really rewatched it. Normally I watch it and then when I'm going to make my feedback I just skip over the scenes and just watch some scenes again. But get the impression of the whole episode within 10 or 15 minutes. But this time I really rewatched it and liked it a lot and understood it better because of that. Okay, about episode 2. The opening was of course very ominous with Lucas going there to Esther Miller. And we all thought he is not going to survive but at the end she took the most awful punishment perhaps let him live and struggle with his conscience i really wonder if he is going to work for the millers and of course that would be very strange i would wonder how esther miller would cope with that having somebody around that killed her son Actually, that is a situation that can not go on for a long time, unless they are going to use him as a kind of slave. In that way, enjoying his punishment day in, day out. I really, really love the interaction between Henry and Nikolai. Actually, they're a little bit the same. I really wonder if she's going to accept him more or less as a mentor. And I also wonder if Nikolai will be forced to hand out henry to the organization he is working for what's annoying me a little bit is that we still don't have any idea what kind of medicine he is using and why and thus all the shifters have to use it at a certain point what i found very strange is the experiments uh, they did at the end where a shifter more or less fused with some material a plate or whatever metal it was it really gave me an impression of one of the star trek episodes where they did experiments with a kind of beaming of whole ships a transferring of whole ships and then the experiment went wrong and a ship got fused with the rock of a asteroid I looked it up, it was episode 12 of season 7 of The Next Generation and the episode was called The Pegasus. For the people who are now watching Star Trek Picard, the series, there is in episode one or two this Picard Day banner in the archives. Actually this banner comes from this episode, season 7 episode 12, so that's a funny coincidence. Of course, I loved the scene in the hardware store where that guy didn't want to sell any mace or knives to these girls, but offers them nice whistles. Funniest line of the episode was in that scene. You girls just stay out of trouble. Haha, you're talking about Henry here. And don't underestimate Jenna. She just stabbed a guy. And the other one just ripped an arm off from some guy and crippled another one. And you are offering whistles. And of course, I absolutely loved how Anna handled the wife of the deceased sheriff. Strange is, of course, in this experiment they used here his, their so-called best teleporter, whereas it's clear that Dominique Nicolai and now Henry, are much better ones. And this woman, I don't think her name is mentioned here, but on IMDb she's called Elaine Kido. She is somehow protecting Nikolai. And of course we saw that in a previous episode, that he had his last assignment here, and then she would set him free or something like that. So there is some ambivalence there. I really wonder how this works out and how this organization, she and Nikolai, are in that organization. And whether there is a bigger boss there. Probably yes. Okay, that was all for now. Otherwise, we get the length of dark feedbacks. Greets, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands.
0: We talked about the cleaning scene at Thomas's house. And, you know, I think we've all got some better clarity on exactly what happened and the uh, the business card was not the two guys that are associated with Nikolai that was somebody that the police recommend uh, but you know the other thing fred brings up is the interaction between Henry and Nikolai and it really is compelling because their relationship you know we know it has to go somewhere Or she's not going to survive. But you wonder if it's going to evolve into something where they help each other survive. I mean, he he does seem to be physically on a downward spiral. Yeah, he looks like he's in pretty rough shape. So, you know, maybe his association with Henry and his willingness to help her avoid whoever this woman is and her experiments that maybe they can end up helping each other somehow. And, and again, I, I don't know how far they can carry out this series. I mean, when you get to the finale of season two, I, I suppose it could function as a series finale and, you know, I've seen worse, but, right. but it also, you know, sets up a, a fascinating dynamic that I, I can't wait to see how they handle it you know we We talked about the experiment at the end, and he brings up a Star Trek episode that maybe you saw because I think he said it was next generation where they're beaming whole ships, and that at one point something goes awry and somebody gets embedded in in yes. steel. Uh, and, right, right, yeah. and, and I mentioned in the uh, Facebook group, I think it was either the Facebook group or a or Facebook message with Fred, that it also reminded me of that scene in Star Wars when Han Solo is embedded Han Solo, in, yeah, in right. Carbonite. So uh, definitely yeah. a, a cool scene. The hardware store. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> you girls yeah, stay great. out of trouble. <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> whistles will help. Thanks, dude. But Towns has got his magic credit card. And I don't know what, I, I didn't listen to see if the guy said how much the GPS device cost, but it probably I was think not, it's like
1: 50 bucks. I oh, think well, that's not too bad then. It's not too bad. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, your mom's going to notice that charge on, on the,
0: on the card, though. Right. But, you know, the whole idea of, I think it was Jenna, although it could have been Henry, that, that points and says, I'll take that one. And it's a deer-gutting knife. But it just right. kind of speaks to their desperation that they need these weapons that, in the broad scope of things, are really going to be ineffectual. Right. And
1: Yeah, well, especially when someone can just jump. Like you come at him with a knife, it'll just be like,
0: boop. Right, and, and to top it all else. off, he offers them plastic whistles on the house, I believe, right? Mm. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, so, big help. Yeah, big help. And then uh, he, he, of course, brings up the, the woman that's running the experiment. And, and I think at this point, that's one of the biggest questions that we have. And, and you know, what is this corporation? I mean, you know, it, it, clearly it's, it's some sort of a black ops uh, under the radar, probably not associated with the government. But who knows? I mean— Right, you
1: know. I mean, like really you said they're pretty well funded,
0: so they are. Yeah, but uh, you know, we will see. Uh, and it sounds like Fred's liking this episode more than than some of the previous episodes. I don't think he mentioned a letter grade, but uh, I think for me, I- I'm going a minus this time.
1: Yeah, I think I could. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely like like you said. This is this is solid a minus b plus kind of series. You know. So like pretty much every episode, I'm like trying to waffle between those two. Um, just on the strength of that one scene where uh, Henry tases uh, Nikolai and they're jumping all over the place, I think just on that scene alone and the fact of how much Nikolai's in this one, I'll give it the A minus.
0: Okay, cool. And for me, that end scene where we really do get a fair amount of information about this shadow organization. And clearly we have more questions and answers, but we know a hell of a lot more now than we did before. And it establishes that Henry is in far more danger than any of us ever thought before. So, you you know, is the season going to really ramp up the rest of the way we shall see, but, uh, all right. Uh, Fred, thank you for the feedback as always. And, uh, it was really great to hear, from richard as well so guys and and everybody shoot us your feedback we'd love to hear what you're thinking about impulse what you guys are watching if you want and uh i guess that's a good place to leave this podcast what do you say
1: yeah sounds sounds like an excellent place
0: all right well that will do it for this episode of sci-fi tv rewatch want to thank you for joining us love to hear what you think about impulse we've got dark on the horizon anything else going on in Genre TV, encourage you to join the Facebook group, share your thoughts with the Sci-Fi TV Rewatch community. If you're already a member, spread the word. Emails can go to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch at gmail.com, or you can send us a voicemail, which you can use the voicemail tab on the website, or just record your own the way Fred does each week and send it as an attachment. We'll be back next time to discuss Impulse Season 2, Episode 3, titled For Those Lost, But until then, you know, David, just we're getting closer and closer to the end of this
1: thing. Just two months we will be done with uh, Impulse season two. And, you know, I just hope after we watch it, something terrible doesn't happen.